Welcome everybody to episode 55 of Dorching. So it's a big one kind of coming up shortly. Um, we kind of celebrate 10 years of podcasting very soon. Can you believe it? And 55 episodes of Dorchings. So as you know, this is our usual um, interview episode. And this week we have Pooh. Oh, that was my cue. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Jack LeBreton. I am a composer. I did some of the music for uh, the indie smash hit Two Point Hospital. And I've also done the music for another indie game called Heart of Contactics, which is uh, in the style of Final Fantasy Tactics series. And I did the whole of the music for that. Done other bits and projects around, but those are my two game credits at the moment. Thank you. 
about you Jack so I mean how did you get to where you are so did um, you kind of, I know when we speak to a lot of other composers there's a lot of different journeys that they've made so for hmm. example um, some people go the kind of they'll go to the opening of a crisp packet and then kind of get work from that and it kind of snowballs from there um, other people gone to college and you know got a qualification and kind of like what did you do? Um, well, I knew from my first uh, GCSE music lesson, which is like the first year of exams for anybody who's not from the UK, um, that I wanted to have a career in music. I did. I started having piano lessons a couple of years before, really enjoying those. And I can remember when I was having to choose my subjects, um, I was quite happy with playing the piano as a hobby. I don't want to thump my past self for saying that. <laughs> but when I was at my first proper music lesson, and we were looking at this um, 
a piece by a Baroque composer called Handel uh, yeah. from his oratorio, um, The Messiah. The piece is called um, The Glory of the Lord. And it was an unusual experience because um, we're given the score to look at and all these terms are being thrown at us in Italian. And for some strange reason, they were all just clicking with me. Like, I wasn't really good at, well, I believe I'm not so good at a lot of subjects. My teachers would say differently. But um, I just, it was just, from that first lesson, I knew I wanted a career in music with all these bits of weird Italian and looking at the score and like violins and cellos and all these singers singing various bits in English. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the second year, we were asked for an assessment to compose three different pieces in three different styles in the genres that we were studying. And the pieces I did, looking back now, were quite garbage. Um, <laughs> but there was a really weird, again, another weirdly pleasing sensation of hearing something in my head, putting it into the computer and playing it back with like general MIDI sounds that um, I knew I wanted to compose for a living. But I wasn't quite too sure how or what or what how I was even going to get into this industry I knew enough that it was going to be really difficult and competitive but I, I had no idea what to do uh, so I went and studied music a level and then and as well as that music tech that was suggested to me by one of my teachers and I wasn't too sure if that was going to be the right thing because with my classical training and I thought I associated music tech at the time with like stuff that DJs would do and I was quite ignorant for thinking that because again, yeah. first lesson music tech, um, AS level. Um, uh, my teacher was showing, you know, some base, really basic things like EQs and reverbs and things. And I knew then that I would have to have this really great knowledge in um, making music within a computer, things like logic and Cubase mm-hmm. to really make my music stand out with all these fancy effects and things. Um, so my school had its own six-form unit, which is where I studied my GCSEs and my A-levels. I then went on to study another college um, because some some educational reasons I'm going to pretend didn't happen for the moment. Um, <laughs> again, I was at, when I was at college, um, I saw the transition between leaving my school and going to college there were two video games that really had a huge impact on me oh i I completely forgot to mention i've been playing video games for as long as i can remember um good (laughs) yes (laughs) um yes my um my estranged father who hadn't who i haven't really had much of a relationship for a variety of reasons um Mm. he had this weird um idea of giving me Resident Evil 3 to play and Metal Gear, which are great games, but not for a three-year-old, which is what I was at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't play games with zombies now because it just sets off a little trigger in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this store is going to jump all over the place. I'm sorry. Um, but no, I, remember, I remember with Metal Gear Solid, there was a piece of music that's um, stuck with me. It's the credits music uh the best mm-hmm. is yet to come it plays right at the beginning of the game where snake is swimming mm-hmm. through the water and you've got that solo female voice singing so there'll be little snippets like that they'll, they'll be nice like shadow the colossus and the final fantasy games and pokemon and yeah they were nice but i really didn't think much of them at the time <laughs> but then as i was transitioning from my 
doing my A-levels to college, there were two games that had a huge effect, huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was Skyrim, um, which might not be a surprise to some if you follow me on my social mm-hmm. media. Uh, so a little bit before Skyrim, actually, I played Oblivion. I really enjoyed that. But there was a piece of music in that. It's, um, the cue is called Piece of Akatosh, and it's just this choral piece of just like, variety of oohs and ahs and it was the first time i can remember just being stopping what i was doing and just listening to the music and i must have been about trying to think 13 ish like somewhere between 11 and 13 i can't remember but um, probably about three years ago yeah yeah give or (laughs) take um yeah and i just like wow this is amazing like it really Mm took me out of the experience in a, in a way just listening to this amazing piece of mu- choral music then Skyrim comes along and you boot it up and Dragonborn plays when you're in the main menu you say, wow this is really epic Cause like, oh there's the Elder Scrolls theme like in the, in the bridge section oh that's really clever okay. like, it's really epic and you go it and you're on the carriage and oh this is all really good and dramatic just what I'd expect but when you go to Whiterun for the first time, or at least when I went to Whiterun the first time, the queue that played was uh, the streets of Whiterun. Again, that similar experience of stopping, like, wow, this is bloody amazing. And this time I was crying. I won't deny that I cry a lot over video game music. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I will absolutely hold my hand up and say I have cried several times at several games. Um, right answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. For example... And one of the more recent ones was Abzu. And that's beautiful. Oh, yes. And then, we'll get on. Sorry, carry on. No, no. Um, and then the one that kind of gets me the most, I need to go back and replay it, actually, is um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yes, that is quite the emotional journey. Yeah, journey. I mean, there was two pieces of music in that. That because Jessica sent me the soundtrack before it was released, and I heard these two pieces, oh, and they made wow. me cry. And yes, then I they are amazing. The game, and the pieces, the the section of, excuse me, the section of the game where okay. those pieces of music are in, again made me cry, and it mm. was it, it was just it was the kind of synergy between the game and the music, and it was just beautifully done yeah i mean that's the only game that i've got to the end of and i sat and i sobbed for about 20 minutes yeah that was a i had a very similar effect um the other game composer that i was going to mention you sort of hinted it a moment ago when you said abzu Mm -hmm. um that other game soundtrack was journey for me that was to me the game that made me decide i want to write music for video games because um like moving from my sixth form at school to college, I was sort of getting the impression, yeah, I think doing games for a living would be nice. Um, <laughs> I was trying to broaden, <laughs> I was going to try and broaden my horizon of um, games composers. I knew Jeremy Saw, I knew a, a handful of uh, Japanese ones through the Final Fantasies and the Pokemons and whatnot. As so I, I just went on to huge as the top ten game composers, and I think it was a Watch Mojo list. I mean, they only who only ever do top ten videos, and 
uh, this guy called Austin Wintry was number four. And the only reason why they put him there was because he was the first composer to be nominated for a Grammy for an entirety of a soundtrack. And I remember that when I heard that, I paused the video and that just blew my mind because I was aware of many great soundtracks, Shadow of the Colossus and then the Vet, Final Fantasy thirteen and and all these other games. I was like, how can any of these not be nominated for a Grammy? So I saw what I was doing and I searched Austin Wintry and I found his SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm. And the first thing his I listened to was Nascence, uh, when you hover over the game icon on PS3 and PS4 and that. But basically the theme of um, Journey, that's you hear fragments of off throughout mm-hmm. the game. I Again, have a particular thing about Nascence. Um A, it sets up Journey mm-hmm. to what you're about to play, but also Austin was one of the very first um, interviewees on Door Chains. Oh, wow. And he's, he's become a really good friend. And let oh, me see I if I can you. do this now for you. One second. Cool. <clears throat> I haven't turned the camera on, but I'm going to very briefly. Sure. If I can. Oh, there we go. Because I think you might like this. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) How much? (laughs) (laughs) So, signed and framed. Oh, wow. That just is for incredible. the just for the listeners, I'm just showing Jack um, my signed sheet music from Austin, which is the Naissance theme from Journey. Yeah. Wow. And then I've I mean, just got, I've just got this one as well. <clears throat> Again, this is a birthday present, so I've had it framed and stuff, so. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I envy you so, so very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really big honor to get things like that, you know, because mm. doing this show has never been about possessions or nice things or whatever opportunities Mm. it's basically me trying to share my love of vgm with everybody and anybody who listen you know so yeah that's a nice bonus they do hang in my house we're just doing some painting at the minute so Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i thought you'd like that i i do i yeah, so I'm a bit speechless. It's a rarity, but I am generally speechless. That wow! <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I had a picture of your face because it was like, <laughs> yeah.
So that's how you kind of got to where you are, really. Um, what about, obviously, you've worked on a few games, most recent being um, the Two Point Hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, the most recent is Heart Attack on Tactics, which is a much smaller indie game than oh, okay. um, Two Point Hospital was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Two Point Hospital is, there's been, I've seen a lot about that game. Because everybody loved Theme Hospital. Yeah, I knew that there was going to be a lot of people that was going to like it because that cult following from Theme Hospital mm. um, over to... But I could never have predicted how well it's been received and the accolades. Like It, it was almost a little bit stupid in a way. Like, and I mean mm. that in the nicest possible sense. Like it's, but I'd get the odd message from people saying, I really love the music you've done. This is great. And like, I had one message from someone saying, just thanking me for existing. Like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever read whilst I was having <laughs> breakfast. Like, I, okay, thanks. <laughs> and, and then as time marched on, I was like, oh, it's been nominated for this award. It was being nominated for that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, mm. And then earlier this year, it was nominated for a bloody BAFTA. <laughs> Best British game. It's like, Again, that's another jaw hitting the well, you know, or moment. So obviously you've done that. How did that come to to be, really? Um, it's a good question. I was aware of Two Point Studios existing because um, I just started university, um, and I was having to build up my portfolio because I went to a private music university. If you imagine fame, that's the yeah. sort of place that it is, like very okay. rocky, poppy everybody's standing and singing on the tables in this student union. And um, but what I was doing was very different. So I knew I couldn't go gigging around um, Guildford, mm. the city that it's based in, or try and get into BBC introducing, which is what a lot of people did there. So I then just spent a lot of my time when I wasn't doing assessments, um, just finding bits and pieces on YouTube, like films and games. I'd play games, turn the music off, and then I'd put some original music to it. Uh, I made a website and I uploaded that. I have a load of pieces on a SoundCloud account, which you can listen to. And then at some point, about a month in, so October-ish, I, put, I reached out to to the founding members of Two Point Studio, just asking them if they had any music assigned to the game and explained my situation. And they were very kind in helping me um just being patient talking things through and we're talking a lot about games and music um and somewhere they mentioned uh oh, do you want to come down by our studios and we'll do a mock interview with you so when you went to do it proper you know what to expect the sort of questions you've had to ask because that was very exciting as That's well really I, nice it was they're really really wonderful people and i went down there was looking around all very exciting seeing things that not many people would have seen and they told me a bit who was like, they're going to, with Sega, and they, they showed me bits and pieces, like, wow, Sega, they're one of the big publishers. And so they asked me these questions. I um, answered them, and I showed them what I'd been working on, these various bits of portfolio clips I'd mentioned. And they very kindly, they liked what I did, and they very kindly gave me the opportunity to contribute to the soundtrack, which they already had composers for, um, Cedar Studios, uh, they are based in the UK and they did all, the vast majority of the music and all the sound design and effects and folio and whatnot. So yeah, that day I 
sort of became a game composer because they gave me that opportunity. I wrote some pieces. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. It's I how it happens, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote these three pieces. Um, they, it's not that they didn't like them. It's the fact that they said, we like these, but this bit's too much of this, this bit's too much of that. Yeah. I remember things a bit stroppy, actually. Like, it, it wasn't quite <laughs> cheesy enough. It's like, you want cheese? I'll give you cheese. So stroppily, I wrote this really cheesy, obnoxious piece. And I thought, and they were like, yeah, we love it. Can we have more of that, please? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, it's always the way. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I was off just... Um, and that interview happened just after the Christmas holidays of two. F- I want to say 2017. So it's two thousand January 2017 that happened. Mm. Yeah, that that's and just here you really, are. Yeah. So how did you go around kind of creating the music for that? Was it were you thinking back again? I was in a stroppy mood. I need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, to an extent, I was trying to remember more of the advice than my own um, thoughts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they they wanted a more, the version of the brief I got was a more uh, modernised theme hospital, like um, Gary Carr, for example. He was he was the one that showed me this is what um, happened with theme hospital. I mean, I was aware of it, but I never really played it when I was younger. I should go back to it sometime, but um. But again, they're really cheesy, infectious, obnoxious earworms. Mm. Um, so I was trying to create poppy earworms, which is very different to the sort of music I would write. Um, I used to writing very melancholic. Um, my mother would call it depressing um, orchestral suites. <laughs> so this is a complete U-turn do in you, a way. Just do you still do that? Um. Yes, I mean, I mean this this year sort of. I mean, it was the life of any freelancer. Things have been fluctuating quite a bit, and mm. I'll be. There's been a couple of cancelled gigs, and there's been a couple of gigs I haven't. I've been made redundant of, or just outright rejected from, and they've all been a little bit different. Um, one was an orchestral thing, but it was sort of a more medieval sitting around a campfire, sort of. We're going to go on this grand old adventure, sort of mm. hobbit. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons sort of vibe. Another one was more in your face, stabby, uh, psycho strings, horror. Yeah, so there's been a bit of. I just like the challenge of doing these, stepping out of my comfort zone, as frustrating as it may be sometimes. But it's trying to think how, how can I incorporate what they wanted along with what I usually do and just make something that nobody's ever heard before. I mean, that I works. always remember something that Jason Graves said a few years ago. He said, it doesn't matter what you're doing, just every day create something. Because mm. he said I, something, I, about, something about um, something that he created just like on a day, just on a whim sort of thing, mm. uh, was being used in national TV ad for some sort of food or something. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it's amazing where it can get picked up. I'm yeah, going to apologise, by the way, because I don't know whether you can hear, but my dog is yelping downstairs. That's fine. I was going to say the same because one of my cats is howling. My, one of my cats doesn't meow, it just screams. So <laughs> if you hear like some weird, demented, screaming, like muffled, I promise I'm you no animals have been harmed, it's just my weird cat. <laughs> she's 
she's just she's being really weird because fair enough. We don't have any carpet on the stairs at the moment because we're getting new carpet, and for some reason, she will not climb the first step to climb up the stairs. <laughs> but she can because I've seen her do it. But it's uh, just different. Like no, these are different pair of stairs. I don't trust these stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Mad. So how was composing for? Um, hospital different from when you were doing um, the newer game? Um, there's a lot of differences. Um, good and bad. Um, Heart of Contactics is more in the vein that I like writing. There's um, these epic um, orchestral cues with... Mm-hmm. Actually, there's not much percussion in that, actually, but, you know, it's sort of epic, rhyming up the blood, we're going to go and slay monsters and effectively take over the world. Um, I mean, Two Point Hospital was very different because of how cheesy and poppy yeah. and more melodic it was. I mean, even though the cues I did for it, they do uh, repeat a lot, but that was part of the design. So you have the melody sort of eating away at your subconscious when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Heart of Contactics was repeating because of the nature of the game because you um, turn-based RPGs um, there are different environments there's like a deserty one a field foresty one and like dungeons mm. one so there'll be different bits of music to reflect the atmosphere that you're in and there's also a, a more a more generalised battle queue that comes and goes once they finish their little repeating cycles it was also interesting um, the feedback getting from both of them uh, uh, the um two games um two point students were very helpful in knowing exactly what they wanted and the um language that they were using um mm. they sent something back to me we really like this but can you alter this bit or this bit stands out a bit too much it's going to interfere with such and such and um so yeah i'd go back and make it it was really good to know I'd get annoyed because oh, I didn't quite get it right, but you know, it's, I'm sort of a perfectionist like that, so I'd go back uh-huh. and make those edits. Um, whereas Heart of Contactics, we would often, for no one's fault of their own, talk at cross purposes because the developers there uh, try to be helpful by using musical terms, um, uh-huh. but the usage of such terms uh, was um, often incorrect, so I'd <laughs> often get things wrong. Uh, because I misinterpreted what they wanted because of their um, the they, words they didn't know used. what they were wanting to say. Mm. Yeah, I mean that must be difficult. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, but it was a good learning experience for me because that I learned from that from those two games that not everybody is going to be. I don't know, I'm just trying to think carefully so I don't upset anybody. But, you know, there's going to, there's, uh, peop, everyone's different, so there's going to be different levels of communication, and some things are going to write really smoothly with little frustration. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be more frustration elsewhere. And I'm sure it was frustrating on, with Heart of Contactics that there was this composer who's doing these really great bits of music, he says modestly, <laughs> that, <laughs> but it's not quite there yet. And, like, we don't know why, but we got through and I'm, despite all the ups and downs with that I'm really proud of what I came up with with mm-hmm. that game and that's and I think that the most important thing is that you can step back from it afterwards and kind of go do you know what I did that and I did it really well yeah yeah I do feel I'm in a place with both of these games and 
and I'm sure you get a lot of um, composers that do this when they hear themes that they've done. Saying, oh, I wish I could go back and just change that little bit yeah. or add a, this sort of section. And I, I, I do that a lot when I... I mean, um, I'm, a, I'm exactly the same. You know, it's only very, very recently that I've kind of started to get into the mindset while I'm not there quite yet, into the mindset of, actually, you're a content creator and you've been creating for a long time. And mm. you just, I just don't associate the two. I just do this yeah. because I do, because I love it. Mm. Same. It's silly. Yeah, but it, it's, we'll get there. Yeah. It, it just takes time <laughs> and practice. <laughs> A lot of practice. Mm.
kind of talked about what you've done, where you've come from and stuff. What about kind of things like the people that you admire or the pieces of music that you think, oh, God, I wish I could have written that, <laughs> <laughs> or favorite pieces from favorite games? Um, I, I, was, I would ignore the second question because I wouldn't want to claim somebody else's music because it would in a way suggest that I am better than that person who wrote that and I would never want to do that but there are loads and loads of various musical um, composers and songwriters that I adore and producers too and um, I've got quite the eclectic music taste I mean uh, game composers that's that's most relevant we've already meant I've already mentioned Austin Winter and Jeremy Soule Jessica Curry I have had the pleasure mm-hmm. to meet at the BAFTAs that's such a surreal thing to say um again written really wonderful music really varied music as well I mean everybody's gone to the rapture and amnesia machine for pigs like you wouldn't quite believe they were done by the same person just because amnesia is like this guttural mm. um, machinal bit of hell and everybody's gone to the rapture it's just really sad and really moving have um, you um heard so let us melt i'm aware of the game but i haven't gotten around to properly investigating it yet if the the, the soundtrack i mean it's vr it's google vr so it's a little bit niche mm. but um the soundtrack it's available on her bank camp and everywhere and on Spotify, mm. etc., and it's excellent. It's very different from kind of her what you kind of consider Jessica to do. It's mm. very it melds together electronica and the choral stuff. It's really lovely. That is an interesting blend. I will have to look mm. into that. I will probably avoid listening to the music first because I always feel that listening to soundtracks before watching a film or playing a game is almost spoilery. Yeah, yeah. I have to be really careful with that because obviously with with games, they title the tracks about maybe certain parts of the game that I haven't played. So I mm. just kind of... I might sometimes put it on my phone and just listen to my headphones, but then I, I won't look at the phone, see what the track is called or anything mm. like that, so I just ignore that. Um, yeah. So, obviously, you've got Jessica, Austin, Jeremy. Yes, um, I have mentioned the games already, but um, Nobuyu Amatsu and Junichi Masuda of Pokemon and Final Fantasy, respectively. Junichi Masuda, especially. As much as I love Final Fantasy, Pokemon has had the bigger... A stronghold in my life. Um, I I won't. I own pretty much all the main franchise games. I've played all the spin-offs. Um, I'm a year older than Pokemon. Um, wow. I, 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 yeah, that makes me sound a bit old now, doesn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, look, I turned forty last month. Well, happy belated birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, like a three-day hangover. Great. Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> oh, no. um, I dis- uh, composer-wise, I discovered um, Yoko Shimomura with Final Fantasy XV. Um, I played one of the Kingdom Hearts years ago, and I stopped because I couldn't work out where to go. And I can remember the music, but that was very moving. Um, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. I'm, the composer for the Final Fantasy XIII, I think, is somewhere on the lines of Mahashi Hamazuru or something like that. Um, 
I think his music's fantastic. I mean, it's not immediately obvious, but there's a lot of jazz influences in his orchestral stuff. Um, these really wonderful lush chords. I mean, I I don't know how into music theory you and the listeners are, so I will, won't go into the ins and outs of it. But it's just there's a lot of close close harmonies where you have like these chords and you have notes that are close together, and it's just, to me it just wells up. Like, ooh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that, you know, I I really do. You know, it's like for me, I think one of the most talented people on the planet is a guy called John Hillman. He did the music for um, That Dragon Cancer, um, a mm-hmm. really difficult kind of game to write for. And that soundtrack is so beautiful. You can just feel the warmth almost in it, in part, and... Obviously, you can feel the sadness and feel the tears, and yeah, it's from the soul that one. Mm. I'll have to check that out. I can't say I've heard of it. It's beautiful, really, really beautiful. Um, there's a song on it called "Awake or oh, Wake My Jaw." Um, right. Even now, it gets me upset. Just even thinking. Yeah, about you it. you do sound a bit. Mood, you sound like you are going to sh- shed a tear or two, or <laughs> yeah, several. Probably. Um, I get that with Journey. I mean, I I was telling somebody about Nasons and how the entirety of the mm. soundtrack to Journey just moved me, and um, yeah, and I was I was crying in front of them. I looked a right mess, <laughs> but I didn't care because <laughs> it was, I think that's was just that, so. You know, the video game music can do that mm. because. I know, like, music in general can do that, but video game music in particular, because I think people sometimes can look at this and go, oh, that's really dorky, or I don't get that. And I'm thinking, you have no idea what you're missing out on. No, I think a lot of people of older generations, when they hear video games, they think of, like, pinky-tinkly sort of music, like 1980s Mm. arcade machines sort of sounds, and maybe even something as simple as Pong. But no... The music in video games is so varied, so yeah. moving. Um, and, an example of something that really like, caught my ear was um, I discovered yeah. the Persona franchise um, a couple Which years franchise? ago with Perso- Persona 5. Oh, the Persona ones, yes, yes. Yes, sorry. Yes, um, I just got a PS4 uh, when I started uni. Not a great decision, but I, I regret nothing. I got a first, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard a lot of my friends talking about this game called Persona 5. I didn't even know there was 4, 3, 2, and 1. I looked into it and said, oh, it's a JRPG, or it looks a bit like Pokemon. Oh, it plays a lot like a load of anime that I watch. Hmm, I think I might like this. But when you start up, it's just acid jazz through most of it. It's like, how do you decide you're going to do an acid jazz soundtrack? That that was a very deliberate decision, (laughs) a very brave and bold one, and it works really well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and through that, I discovered three and four. Um, I've played the the PSP port of the original one as well, and I love I love that, but not so much as the other three. I have the soundtracks to the uh, main like three, four, and five, the arrangement albums, and the um, extended versions. So Persona Three Portable and Persona Four Golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Persona now. <laughs> <laughs> but again, with those three, 
each of those soundtracks is really different. Persona 3 is like rock and hip-hop. 4 is like J-pop. And 5 is just acid jazz. And it's like... There's, there's so much variety. And every so often when I hear something, it's like, oh, it's video games not real, which is weird noises. It's, I, I see it a lot on Classic FM when they're deciding who's going to go on the Hall of Fame. And you've got Aerith's theme. It's always in the top 10 or like top 20 or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. A load of people just moaning and groaning. It's like, stop and just open your ears and your mind. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It, it, I think yeah, that attitude is definitely changing.
that was um, one of your pieces, which is very lovely. Thank you um, very much. My pleasure. So, obviously, hospital is out and you're in the game. What about kind of next steps for you now? Well, at the moment, I have a couple of projects that I'm working on. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the more exciting ones is working with a group known as Quintessence. It's a group of composers and performers who are putting together this album of orchestral fantasy-styled music with songs and um, such what and whatnot. And that's very exciting because it's... Um, I'm not usually a songwriter. I'm in the sense of lyrics and such. I'm more of an instrumentalist. So collaborating with these people has been a really interesting and exciting opportunity because there's a lot of great talent found within the group um all with really great ideas and wanting to explore different emotions and whatnot yes and i'm just really excited i have a couple at this moment a couple of songs on this album um Mm -hmm. can't say much more about it at the moment (laughs) i will um update the ndas Yes, (laughs) I'm really excited to update and show the world what I've done and what we've we've done, I should say, Um, not be so inclusive. Um, When do you think that might kind of see the light of day? um, In all honesty, I'm not entirely sure. Um, Either the latter part of this year or early next year. Um, I'm not not long at all. I mean, it's all taken shape, which is great. Awesome. just wanted to say a massive thank you for being part of the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. And um, obviously best of luck with everything. Thank um, you. hope to hear some of your new stuff soon. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just before we go, I thought I'd give you all a bit of an update. One of the things that we've got coming up in less than a couple of weeks now is we're doing a panel uh, at Eurogamer EGX in London. I think it's in the Excel. Um, and we've got people like Kenny Young, who obviously did the music, f- part of the music for a little bit Planet and Astrobot most recently. Uh, we've got the Flight, who did Alien Isolation, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We've got Tess Tyler, who's done loads and loads of bits and pieces. And we have David Garcia, who most recently did Rhyme and Hellblade. So, quite the panel, I think. I'm really hoping that some of you guys can make it. Um, and if you do, please do take lots of pictures, record lots of things, you know, share it with us. We, we love that. Um, we had a brilliant time at Eurogamer Rezzed in April. So um, here we are again. Bigger crowd this time, so no pressure. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yes. So that is us for episode 55. Um, Our next episode will be the EGX panel. So that should come out hopefully the next day. Um, So it's all very exciting. Yeah. Sounds great. (laughs) Maybe we might see you there? Uh, Potentially. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. My calendar things have been a bit hectic recently. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Mm. well it's um, a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from au revoir
We will see you soon. Thanks, everyone.